and welcome to Biswell. This is Melissa Botello and thank you for tuning in today. We have a great episode. We are talking about the National Diabetes Month. November is American Diabetes Month. Diabetes affects the lives of over 30 million people. Unpack in this episode the differences between type 1 and type 2 and why you should have more awareness of this disease. So let's talk a little bit about diabetes. I'm sure you've heard of it. Everyone has, right? We see it on TV. We probably have friends or family with it. It's near and dear to my heart. Both of my grandmothers on both my mother and father's side had diabetes. And as I grew up as a child, I was part of their life with diabetes. My grandmother, Shirley, who lived in Southern California, I remember years ago and technology and insulin has changed, but I remember having her uh, help her with her shots. She would keep them in the refrigerator. Insulin had to be cool and uh, temperature control and I would help give them to her in her stomach and her legs. And it's a horrific disease, but there have been so many and so many technologies that have come along in the last 25 years to improve people living with diabetes. So today I want to tell you a little bit more about the disease. Diabetes is one of the leading causes of disabilities and deaths in the United States. It can cause blindness, nerve damage, kidney damage, and other problems if it's not controlled. Now this is, again, there's a difference between type 1 and type 2, and I really want to focus on helping people understand the difference because type 2 can be managed with food modification, behavior modification, exercise, diet, etc. Type 1, the person's pancreas does not work and there's nothing they can do to change their disease. One in 10 Americans have diabetes. That's more more than 30 million people. And another 84 million adults in the United States are at risk for developing type 2 diabetes. So the good news is, as I mentioned, people people who are at high risk, for type 2 diabetes or currently have type 2 diabetes can lower their risks by making healthy changes. Examples, as I said, including eating healthy, getting more physical activity, and losing weight. So why am I talking about diabetes today in the podcast? Again, because it's touched my family and I also work in an industry in the day job where we are supporting patients with type 1 diabetes. I have seen the devastation that this disease has left for both type 1 and type 2 and how difficult it is. So I want to bring more awareness, especially for those that may be at risk for type 2 or have type 2, there is time to make changes and there is time to prevent some of those long-term effects like blindness, retinopathy. Retinopathy is when the nerves in your body, especially in your feet, are no longer functioning as they should, where you have no feeling in your feet and often leads to amputation. Both of my grandmothers had their legs amputated started with a toe, then it went to a foot, an ankle, and then so on. So I have seen it firsthand, the devastation. Diabetes is characterized by high levels of blood sugar resulting from defects in producing insulin. So it's not when people think, oh, don't eat that candy bar. Yes, that's part of it, but it is your body and your body's inability to produce insulin correctly. And then, like I said, with type 1, your pancreas is not working and producing at all. So it's really important to get educated and try to understand what the differences are between type 1 and type 2 and what you can do. Let's break it down a little bit between type 1 and type 2. Type 2 is far more common and happens when cells in our body are unable to use the insulin effectively. And that's why it's so important to take care of our bodies and watch what we eat. When we eat food, of course, blood sugars go up and depending on what we eat, blood blood sugars may stay up really high and that's when your blood glucose 
glucose stays up high for long periods of times, days, and weeks is where you start to have those long-term complications. It is an epidemic with over 30 million people with type 2 diabetes, and so many of these people don't even know that they have diabetes or pre-diabetes. The World Diabetes Organization says they want 1 million people to test for their risk of type 2 diabetes by the end of November, which will conclude the National Diabetes Month. Okay, jot these down. You may help yourself or someone you know. These are the early signs and symptoms of type 2 diabetes. Frequent urination. Do you find yourself getting up in the middle of the night or during your day? Are you thirsty all the time? Do you Have you had an increase in your thirst? If you feel hungry a lot, that, these are some of the most common symptoms. Now, feeling tired is also a symptom, but feeling tired can be associated with so many other um, diagnoses. But focus on these, these most important ones that are most common in type 2. Frequent urination, increased thirst, feeling hungry, blurry vision. Do you feel like your vision is getting worse or blurry? That could be a sign. Tingling or numbness or pain in the hands or the feet. That's the signs of when neuropathy could already be setting in and again, a sign for type 2. So if you have any of these signs, call your doctor, call your family practitioner, ask to get in, tell them that you're having some signs and you want to be checked. It's a very easy blood test. There is something called an A1C that measures your glucose over a three-month period of time. They will also take a in that moment times when you're fasting or not, you'll take a, a glucose and they'll see how high it is. So asking your doctor for a blood test can quickly identify if you are pre-diabetes or diabetes. So just to give you an idea, the target blood, blood sugar levels for diabetes, if you're fasting, which they usually tell you go first thing in the morning before you've had your coffee or anything to eat, if you are fasting, you should come in less than 100. That is a normal. So anywhere from 70 to 140 is in the normal range. Uh, if you are fasting, it should be under 100. However, people do um, vary quite a, quite a bit. There's also another test called the A1C test. So as I mentioned, there's a test that'll look over the three month period of time and there'll be a test that will look immediately that day. So normal A1C is 5.7 or below. And if you start to creep up above that normal range, if you start to get anywhere close to 5.7 or 6.4, that's pre-diabetes. And that you can change very quickly with some diet and exercise, especially walking after meals, looking at the kind of foods that you're eating. And there's plenty of information online and your doctor's office can help you with that. And then full-fledged diabetes type 2 would be 6.5% or above. So you want to be at 5.7 or below. If you're in that, that's the green, you're, you're good. If you get into that orange area of like, watch out, this is your warning, you would be between 5.7 and 6.4. And then if you're above 6.4, if you're 6.5 or above, you are in the red zone and in an area that you have to take immediate immediate action to try to improve this because you can improve type 2 diabetes. I want to touch on type 1 diabetes now and I think the reason this is so important uh, obviously to know the signs if this should happen to you or your family but also to be sensitive when you do speak to someone who may tell you they have diabetes understanding the difference between type 1 and type 2 often there's a stereotype or a mis there's a thought process that oh you have diabetes you just need to eat better and exercise more well if you are a type 1 diabetes that won't change anything it will make you healthier and your lifestyle better but it won't change your diabetes so let's talk about type 1 diabetes it's also called insulin dependent diabetes it used to be called juvenile onset because often it was diagnosed under 18 in children but I know many people who have been diagnosed in their 20s 30s or even 40s and there's still lots of research being done around 
that, but it most often is diagnosed in children. Type 1 diabetes is an autoimmune condition caused by the body attacking its own pancreas with antibodies. In people with type 1 diabetes, the damage is done in their pancreas, but the pancreas, as I said earlier, does not make insulin. Type 1 diabetes signs and symptoms are also very common and look very similar to type 2, but very much more extreme and dangerous. Like type 1 diabetes can be life. So type 1, you're looking for someone who's got in, increased thirst, frequent urination. If it's a child, they could be having problems with bedwetting during the night, extreme hunger, and unintended weight loss. The people that I have known who their children who have been diagnosed with type 1 have some of these. They start to see maybe the frequent request for water, they're thirsty, and the urination, but they don't put it all together until this unexpected and drastic weight loss comes. They take their child to the doctor. Fatigue and, and weakness is also a sign in type 1 diabetes. People with type 1 diabetes need to monitor their blood sugar throughout the day. So meaning either they have to stick their finger with a needle and take a drop of their blood and put it into a little machine to, to tell them what that number is, or they use a continuous glucose monitor. Either way, the patient has to do this and they have to understand throughout the day what their blood glucose is because they will need to take insulin before or after a meal. So the insulin is helping them break down the food that they've just eaten. And without pricking their finger or looking at a continuous glucose monitor, they, they will not function properly. So someone's testing their blood sugar multiple times a day or looking at a device that's giving them that information. They're injecting themselves or they have a continuous pump where the pump is programmed to give them insulin before and after meals. Depending on exercise, exercise will typically bring your blood sugar down, which is great for type two. But if you're a type one and you're a student or an athlete or you're, you're just a, an adult going to exercise, you have to prepare for that. So you can't just go exercise. You have to eat a certain amount of carbs and you have to count your carbs and everything that you eat before you exercise so you don't fall too low. Um, the, the extremes with type two is you can go extremely high and have long-term effects like with type two with blindness and retinopathy. But in type one, where I mentioned earlier, it's life-threatening. The glucose can drop so low and so low. And if you are unaware of that, if you're not wearing a continuous glucose monitor that alerts you to going low, you could be sleeping, you could be driving, and catastrophic events could happen. There, uh, unfortunately, is something called dead in bed syndrome. It sounds scary and horrific, but it's just that. If people go to bed, they check their glucose, and it says, oh, it's 100. They feel good. They feel fine. Hundreds and in the normal range. And they go, it continues to drop throughout the night, and they go into a coma and never wake up. Um, we hear lots of parents talking about how they get up through the night multiple times a night sticking their child's finger while they're sleeping to make sure that their glucose is in a safe range uh, for those people who are not using a continuous glucose monitor. Lots of people who have to do the same thing before they get into a car and drive and, and or looking at their device to constantly make sure they're not dropping too fast. I hope today's episode on diabetes as we celebrate the National Diabetes Month to bring more awareness and more funds. There are so many places you can donate your time and and or money should you choose to do so to help the research and to cure type 1 diabetes as well as to help bring awareness to those that suffer type 2 diabetes. I hope you'll look into that. You can google JDRF, that's the Junior Diabetes Research Fund, and or any, there's so many resources online that will help you better understand the differences, the signs, the symptoms, and the next time you go get checked or even before the end of the month in November, if you haven't asked, that's a number you should know what your glucose A1C is. It's like you should know your cholesterol, you should know your weight. You should know your A1C. It's a very important number for your health. And if you're not walking around with that number at the top of your head, you should be. Thank you for tuning in today and listening to the Biswell podcast. We appreciate our listeners.
listeners and would love to hear from you either through our website, mbbiswell.com, or leave us a review and tell us what you think. Until next time, this is Melissa Botello.